Hello everyone and welcome to Robe Talks. I'm so excited that you're here today. We're going to be talking about a first love at 14. So if that sounds like something you want to get into, stay tuned. But first, take a deep breath with me in three, two, one. excited I really love recording this show so we're here we're back back again the setup's a little different and she's giving a little shaky shake so I'm gonna try to not be too excited so that the camera doesn't move but anyway today we're gonna be talking about a first love at 14 and you know we got to get into the intro part I got to get you get you a little bit into the business so we're gonna do the journal page so that is three things that I'm grateful for three things that I'm looking forward to and what is God teaching me right now so three things that I'm looking forward to are I'm looking forward to I do my first volunteering on this Saturday so I'm looking forward to that um, I'm looking forward to starting to record YouTube videos this weekend, probably like Friday or Saturday. Um, I'm looking forward to later this month celebrating my sister's birthday. So that'll be cool. Um, I'm doing this out of order. I'm realizing it. But um, three things I'm grateful for is my health. I'm grateful for this warm weather that we're finally getting in Michigan. And I'm grateful for just the ability to to actually get... (laughs) Guys, I have to get braces again. So that's actually why I'm kind of like uh, a little um, a little foggy brained, I guess. Because it's just, you have to, you have to mentally prepare for this kind of thing. And I just, I don't want to do it. But I am grateful that I'm able to do it. So there you have it. And so without further ado, we're going to talk about this first love at 14 and this is in retrospect because actually at the time I wouldn't have called that love at all but I think looking back on it at 14 that was the closest I was ever gonna get to like love you know so um so I met this dude at church and I was like probably like 11 or 12 and this guy walks up to me and he's like what's your name 
and you know like the whole like whatever you know what's your what's your name what's your sign but we don't do signs okay no 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 I just had to put that out there but that type of energy except minus the sign because we don't we don't do horoscopes here it's not welcome here but um but he asked me you know like what's your name and da 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 he was like this new kid at the church and I was like oh who's this he's kind of cute and clearly he thought I was kind of cute so um, we just kind of went from there and I think at that point I had a phone but it was literally literally my first phone was a freaking flip phone like I don't know if my parents were trying to give me culture I don't really know what the idea was there maybe they just didn't want to pay for an iPhone for me yet I I don't know I don't know but my first phone was a flip phone and it wasn't that bad except for the fact that I had a limit for text messages and you know, if I were to go back to that flip phone now, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't type. I, I can't do this. But when it's all you know, it's like, okay, fine. Like, you know, fine. We'll just press this key three times to get the letter that I want. That's, that works out. I don't, I don't know how people did that. I really wish that I was like one of those younger people that just didn't even know what that was. Um, you know? The kids today, they get an iPhone right out the bat, and I wish I was that kid because the flip phone just inconvenient. That's what it was. And even more inconvenient, apparently those phones that they put in a bag, I don't know nothing about that, and I am so glad that I do not. Um, but yeah, phones have been through a lot, and I'm glad that they are now quite small. And... That works for me, child. So anyway, I ended up on this tangent with the phone. But basically, we <laughs> we exchanged like phone numbers. And then, you know, from there, you know, we you just saw each other at church here and then, here and again. And what I really noticed about him at first was, first of all, bold, okay, like came up to me. Like, we like that. We like that. Especially at like when you're a kid, because I feel like kids are childish and they don't necessarily... Uh, like a, a boy when he likes you he's not necessarily going to come up to you but you know he came up to me he was like what's your name and, da, 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 da. and it was a lot of smiling a lot of teeth and you know I was just like you know you know what I'm saying <laughs> but yeah um, so that was like that was a good feeling and that and this is like right on the tail end of the redhead that made me laugh I was probably like a year or two away from, you know, just not really liking him like that anymore. But it was that same kind of energy. Like, this is the same kind of energy. And this really set the tone for how I dealt with boys after that. So, um, basically, the first thing that happened was, you know, we were kids. And I don't think this is necessarily an excuse when you like somebody, but when you're a kid, you act childish, okay? Like, childish ways are the way, you know? So, uh, it was very much back and forth energy. It was very much like one minute we were hot, one minute we were cold. One minute this guy is texting me like nonstop, and I'm like, please, 
please stop texting me because I have a limit and I can't do this with you. Like, I want to talk to you, but like, wow, like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> um, and it was just very stress inducing to say the least because I did go over the limit. I did get in trouble. And I think at one point I even had to pay my mom to, uh, um, uh, for the extra minutes, like, cause she was just so upset with me every single time that I went over the limit. And it's like, I can't help it. I'm popular, you know, like I just, you know, it's just, it was just hard. Like, uh, kids are so blessed today and I'm so happy for you. I'm not even jealous because you know what? I have unlimited now too. So we're, we're both, we're all, we're all prospering at this point and I'm so glad that most kids don't have to deal with this and if you do I'm sorry because that's that's really hard to be at that age where you're communicating with everybody but you literally have a limit on your text messages so it's like I was texting my friends and I was texting this boy and this boy was texting me and texting me and texting me and it was just to the point where it's like bruh I can't I can't do this with you you have to stop so it'd be like that it'd be like at first, it would just be like, oh, we're texting. And then it would be like, silence, radio silence. Haven't heard from this dude at all. And of course, you know, somebody coming to church is really based on whether or not their parents come to church. So he didn't come to church that much. It was like on and off. And, you know, when I saw him, I saw him. When I didn't, I didn't. And so then that was also back and forth energy, but that wasn't necessarily his fault. And... Like, it very much had this, like, if he ignores you, he likes you type of energy. And, like, there were times where I felt really ignored. And it was, like, mostly when we would see each other in person. It's like, we'd see each other in person, and this dude would be a completely different dude. And I'd just be like, okay, like, what's going on? What do I do? Like, do I put my cards on the table or do I like not put my cards on the table? Or like, do I do this or do I do that? And I'm just getting stressed out thinking about it because it was just like, I don't know how to act around this dude because this dude just, he acts so different in person. And I mean, I like him. I think he's cute. He made me laugh as well. We're seeing a trend here. I like the, I like the guys that make me laugh. So... That was, you know, that was there. I don't think FaceTime was a thing. No, it couldn't have been a thing. I literally didn't have a phone that could FaceTime. Um, but yeah, it was at, it was just like, if he ignores you, he likes you. And this was endorsed at this time. So I didn't really think that much of it. I didn't really, you know, think like, oh, maybe that's not how it's done. So it just gave that energy as well. And so what I ended up doing was I just ended up creating all these fantasies, like in my head, creating like what he might be thinking. Oh, he must just be so shy. Like he just, he's just a little, he's just a little baby. He's just so shy. And, you know, just creating all these fantasies in my head. And I just... At that point, it just got to the point where I lived for the high. I lived for him coming to church and me getting to see him and 
Um, even if it was just like just for a second, even if we didn't even talk to each other, like I just lived for the high. I lived to make eye contact across the room and just be dramatic because, you know, we've already talked about this at this age. I was very much into the experience. Okay. I wanted to experience everything. I wanted to experience all the movie moments and I was going to have it. And so of course I forced them. Of course I did. Of course. And of course, some of them didn't happen. Some of them did. And, you know, this is happening at church. And then that other situation I told you about in a previous episode with the whole um, unrequited love situation was also happening at the same time. Basically, your girl was just busy. You know, I had a lot of things on my plate and some of them were being reciprocated and most of them were not. (laughs) So... Um, but at points it was reciprocated and it was, and what really put me in that frame of like fantasy was that my pastor got remarried and you know, everybody's at the wedding, even he's at the wedding. Okay. And he's like toward the back and like, I'm closer to like the middle. And so, you know, we stand up, you know, the bride's about to walk down the aisle and everybody's looking back and you know she starts walking down the aisle and then dude makes eye contact with me and I'm just like uh, okay <laughs> and it was like it was like dramatic it was like I felt like we was looking at each other for like five minutes bro and it was like that kind of looked like maybe this could be us one day like I felt that energy so hard and I know I did not imagine that but that was the only moment that I like really knew that this dude liked me. And I think he might've told me a couple of times, but like, I mean, it's like you say one thing and your fruit is different. What am I supposed to do? So like, like I said, it set the tone because, you know, later on I dealt with somebody else who said one thing and did another and the fruit didn't match the words because you can say anything. You can literally say anything and it sounds great but you have to back it up with actions otherwise it's like you're just a liar you're just a dirty liar and so this is where the fantasy started because I was like well I mean if you game I'm game you know (laughs) we can grow together you know and this is right around the time that that Charlie Wilson video came out um where he was like you are the reason I love the reason I trust God sent me an angel You are the best in the world A wonderful girl And I was like, that's me, okay And the music video for it was basically like This this couple that were like little They were like little kids and they grew up And then they got married And so it's like it was over it was over for me from the start when I saw this video I became obsessed with it I said this is gonna be me and him this is gonna be me and him we didn't meet when we were little kids but we met when we were kids and we're still kids and we're gonna grow old together and it's just gonna be so great like he's gonna he's gonna shape up and eventually this is gonna mature into what I want it to be so I'm just gonna wait I'm just gonna wait and waiting worked out for me for a while because when you're a kid love goes slower like it's it's a little bit here it's a little bit there but for the most part you're a kid 
main focus is probably like some candy or like having fun. You know, I was a kid. I wasn't like thinking hard about marriage, but I think especially when you're a girl, you think about it more than a guy would. And then it also has to do with the curse that was given to women at the end of towards the end of uh, Genesis three or Genesis two, no Genesis three, that, um, you know, you will desire for your husband and he will rule over you. So yeah, (laughs) that's the curse. If you want to know more about the curse, I did talk about that in, in one of my episodes. But basically, you already know, we're back on the heartbreak train this week. Like, there's a heartbreak coming. It's coming. And, you know, we're going to talk about the decline now. So the decline actually started on a high note. So he asked me out. Um, This was around the time I was 14. He was 12. Um, So he was in middle school. I was in high school. Um, I was getting clowned left and right because when you're young it 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 matters because it's the difference between like literal schools and so I did get clowned for liking and talking to a middle schooler by my friends and honestly I just believed in it so much that I just took the clowning and I just didn't I didn't I didn't go away from it so and basically It was like, I think he asked me to go somewhere. He didn't formally ask me on a date. Like, it wasn't like, hey, you want to go out on a date? It was more like, hey, do you want to go hang out? I had to actually clarify and say, so are you asking me out on a date? And he said, "Um, I mean, if that's what you want to call it, I just want a night out on the town. And I was like, okay. And mind you, I was very used to this energy. Like, this is like the back and forth nonchalant energy, not trying to show me all your cards and just making me play this game with you and so then I'm like okay he's asking me out I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it I'm gonna run with it but I was at 14 at that point I wasn't allowed to date so then I had to go ask my mom and she said no um you know what else is new she said no and basically at that point that's where we just it just kind of came to a halt because it's like I mean either we're gonna we're either we're gonna date or we're not and at that point you know he was getting upset with me he's saying wow like I can't believe that your parents like won't let us date and you know I was like me too and then he was like and I I felt like if he asked them and if he was really serious about it, that it could have changed their mind. But he was just like, nah, I don't want to do that. And so we were just kind of at the standstill. Like I wanted him to step up and be like, okay, this is your moment that if you really like me, you're going to make this happen because there's not really anything I can do. Um, Yeah, I already asked. So, but if you ask... If you make your case, then maybe this can work because it's not like our parents don't know each other. It's not like they don't know you. So it's not like I'm trying to date some random dude off the, off of the street at my school that's like 16 years old. I mean, you're 12. <laughs> this really isn't that big of a deal. But he just didn't want to, he didn't want to talk to them. So at that point, I just felt like, wow, what a wimp of a man. What a wimp. Because, you know, I've talked about this before. I 
was a Disney kid. I was a Nick kid. So I was watching all these shows and I had this idea in my head that like he had to be this prince. He had to be this knight in shining armor. And this was his moment to be the knight in shining armor. But he was just like, nah, man, I ain't feeling that. I ain't trying to talk to your parents. And part of me don't blame him because my parents probably would have ate him alive, especially my mama. Don't play with my mama. I just, yeah, don't play with her. So that's probably why he wasn't feeling it. He was probably like, nah, man, I ain't even trying to get caught up like that. Like, I ain't even, try, I ain't even trying to do it, man. But at that point, I think we got in a, in a fight over something stupid. And I don't even remember what it was, man. But then I do remember the last thing he said to me, though. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> because it hurt. It hurt little 14-year-old me. It really hurt her. And she's still in there. She remembers. But he said, um, he said, I'll talk to you later. IDK, maybe never. Maybe never. And I was just like, Never. Like, we can't be friends. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are we talking about? And, like, that was the point where I realized how much I liked him and how much I had put this fantasy around him to the point where it's like, I just went into instant sad. And I wrote, like, sad love poems. I wrote sad love songs. Most of them were not that good. <laughs> but... I, I felt like I could have cried, but I didn't cry. I think I just did like a, like a August Alsina. He probably not the one that wrote that song. Maybe he is. But I'm anyway, the song I'm talking about was he was like, make the song cry. And that's what I did. I made my words cry on the page. I did not cry. But I think from that moment on, I was just a little more sad. I was just a little more um, reserved. And I think it's because without even knowing it, I actually did love him. But I think it was infatuation. I think for the most part, it was infatuation. But I think there was an established friendship, an established uh, respect but I think there was an extreme infatuation and I had put this up as God in my life and basically this was like the high thing in my life I you know took the time to worship it through you know creating fantasies around it and, you know, instead of focusing on God at the time, I was really just focused on him. And it just, it didn't end well for me. Um, I don't think it would have ended well for me even if we did end up together. Because, I mean, then I'd just be telling you about two exits. You know, like, it just be, it, it would just be two exes at this point. So I don't think it was, I don't think it would have ever been anything just because he was a child I was a child and he wasn't really serious about about liking me I think he likes me to a certain extent but he also likes one of my other friends at church so he was just mm, he was just kind of a player and I just got caught up 
And a few months later, I saw him in a picture with a heart, and it was his girlfriend. So he found somebody to go on that date with him, but it just, it was not me. And needless to say, I was upset, very upset. And here's what I wish, here's what I wish I was doing at 14. So I wish that obviously that I was getting into God's word. Clearly I needed it because clearly I was just out here just fantasizing, just doing all the things like all over the place. And what I needed was the truth of God's word in my life. What I needed was for God to speak over me, to sing over me, that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made, that he knew me before he formed me. And then at that point, I wouldn't have even cared about old boy. I probably wouldn't have even gotten that far to the point where he would have asked me out. Probably would just got tired of the games and just dropped it because honestly, I was juggling a lot of guys at that point. It wouldn't have meant nothing to take one off of my plate because let's be real, I had I had all the church dudes like on my plate pretty much. I had my unrequited love situation at school. I had other crushes at school. <laughs> Basically, I was boy crazy. Okay? Like what you're thinking right now? Yes, that's exactly what I was. I was boy crazy. So I had a lot on my plate. I mean, I you know, taking him off my plate was a relief to me. I mean, I could juggle other stuff. But it was it was very saddening. It was very saddening, but also allowed me to concentrate on, you know, school and, um, other boys. (laughs) So, um, but school at that point for me was easy. You know, I was one of those kids that grade school wasn't really that challenging for me. wasn't really even that stimulating for me. And I honestly wish that it would have been, um, more like towards the end of my schooling because I went to this, uh, it's called model. I don't know if that's like the formal title for it, but basically it was more like you can pick the project, you know, you can do a project, but you can pick the topic and you have to write, you know, everybody has to write an essay or everybody has to do this, but you can pick the project. So, uh, yeah, that's what I liked. And I just wish that my whole schooling had been like that because that was something that that was the only time I was super engaged in school otherwise it was just like let me just do this homework and get on about here all right all right so the other thing I wish I was doing was designing because that was around the time that I got into a a um a fashion board at Nordstrom so it was basically like this group of teenagers um I think it was kind of like a focus group honestly, because, you know, they asked us a lot of questions regarding their setup and their store. So I think it was kind of like a free focus group, but they also taught us stuff. They, they taught us stuff. Um, we got to meet people that, you know, worked in the store and whatnot. So it was, it was a mutually beneficial, uh, interaction, but we were definitely somewhat a focus group for them. And, um, you know, we did a project and everything. And so what I wish that I would have done at that time, instead of being so boy crazy, instead of falling in love at, uh, at 14. And if you can't see me, I'm doing quotations. I'm doing quotations right now. Falling in love at 14. What I wish I would have been doing is designing and really getting into my fashion. Because at that point, 
I had a fashion blog and I might have been making videos but not posting them to YouTube. If I had taken the time and had a little bit more time, I would have would have been posting. I could have been one of those people that's like, yeah, I've been posting since like 2010, man. And now I'm just rich, you know? Like, I'm so old on YouTube. I'm not, I don't even want to be here anymore. Like, you know, just I got my bag. I'm, I'm leaving, you know? Um, but anyway, I think... I think this is meant to be like, because God works everything for your good. And so even though I was boy crazy at that age, even though I just craved attention, um, that I wasn't getting, it was, it was all for me to be able to have a testimony. It was all for me to be able to say to you now, like, Hey, don't do that. Um, and the other thing is I've mentioned this in an episode, but God gave me a book at like 13 years old. Like I legit had a whole book and I had every intention to write it. But then all of a sudden, um, around 14, I just run like somewhere in between there. I just got quite boy crazy and quite unfocused. And that book, um, it got tabled because I also was busy. You know, I was dancing, I was in musicals in high school. High school did get a little busier in terms of extracurriculars, but not so busy that I couldn't have written a whole book. I definitely think I could have written a whole book, but I was just wholly unfocused. So it just, it didn't happen. But like I said, I've said this before that if I wasn't distracted when I was a teenager, I'd 100% be a millionaire right now. 100% because this is in me this entrepreneurial spirit this go-getter spirit like that I'm gonna just do and I'm gonna create and do what I gotta do like that's in me and that's always been in me me and my sister had a jewelry business when we were like I don't know like 10 I was like 10 years old like young had a jewelry business I had a business where I sold like pictures and like gave the money to charity like this has always been in me. So the fact that I finally get to do it makes me so happy. And, you know, I just want to end this with some words because I always like to give you guys a story of what I went through and what my testimony is. But I want to give you a cheat code. So if you're a teenager and you're listening to this right now, And you're kind of in between boys. You're kind of, you know, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out who you like, who you don't like, yada, yada, yada. I would say that, I mean, I know to a certain extent you're not going to listen to me. Because when I was a teenager, I wasn't going to listen to anybody either. But if you are going to engage in that ultimately at that age I say focus on your interests focus on you because when you're an adult and it gets real out here you're gonna have to figure it out and nobody's gonna care how many boys you dated talked to whatever when you were a teenager so if it's completely if it was completely up to me I wouldn't have dated anybody. I wouldn't have been interested in anybody. 
but I, I do understand that there is peer pressure around and I, I definitely was, um, victim to it. Yeah. I was victim to it because I mean, if everybody else is like liking boys, like what else are you supposed to talk about? Like, you know, (laughs) I wasn't ready to be the weirdo, but what I hope for you is that you're ready to be the weirdo that doesn't talk about boys all the time. Or that you just have friends that don't talk about boys all the time. How about that? But if you are in that mode, and I would say to set the tone. Set the tone for yourself. Know what you want and what you don't want. And if this is your first experience, you know, talk to someone. Talk to someone who's going to take you seriously. Because I think that I think that we do have a capacity to be in love at 14 years old. I think it's 100% possible. I mean, people get married young and it works out for them. So I think 100% you can be in love at 14. It's not that hard to fall in love. But I think at 14, it's easier for that to be infatuation instead of love. Because love isn't about chemistry. It's not about... Oh, liking the same things like love is a choice. You know, when Jesus got on the cross to die for us, that was a choice. It wasn't about him being extremely infatuated with us, because if that was the case, what I did something yesterday that would disqualify me from him being infatuated with me. So, no, love is a choice. You choose to love someone and it has to do with suitability, which is something I'm learning right now, guys. I'm in a, I'm in a dating course, so uh, I'm learning about what it really is to date somebody. And one of the big things that I learned is that it's about being suitable in the area specifically of where you're going in life. And so at 14, you don't really know where you're going, most likely, um, But if you're a 14 year old and you know where you're going, oh my gosh, so good. Just, just keep, keep doing that. Keep, keep going because I just, I wish that I wouldn't have been distracted. And if I can help anybody to not be distracted at 14, please, please do it. Like we have YouTube, we have podcasts, we have all kinds of stuff that can give us information, that can teach us skills. Um, my degree, you know, I might have went to college for it, but it was definitely a Googleable degree. It was definitely a YouTubeable, YouTubeable degree. Like you can YouTube how to sew, you can YouTube how to draw, you can YouTube all that stuff. And especially considering the fact that I'm not even using it right now, I really don't know how useful that degree was. I mean, I got to go to Italy. I got to go to New York, which are invaluable experiences, but I really think most of that stuff I could have just learned on my own and not have to actually unlearn things. So, but anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Basically, set the tone. Set the tone for what you want, what direction you want to go in, and leave room for it to change because as you get older, it's going to change because you, you're going to change. And don't chase love. Don't chase love just because you see it on TV, just because you see it around you. Maybe your friend's got a boyfriend, yada, yada, yada. 
Don't chase it. And I know that sounds corny, but it's true. Because, you know, I already told you my unrequited love story and it's super embarrassing. And it left me with nothing and it left me with a lot of wasted time. So don't chase it. Just, just don't. Just please don't. (laughs) And the last thing that I will say is that you will know, you will know when it's time to be intentional. I feel like ultimately girls mature faster than boys and girls are more marriage minded and more relationally minded than boys are. And I think it's sooner than boys are. This is just a general term. There might be a boy out there who's like super relational minded, but I think even in the toys that we have, you know, like a girl's going to have a little baby doll and the boys are playing with like freaking, I don't know, Legos and like soldiers and you know, planes and like adventurous stuff. And the girl is like playing with a baby doll. Like you're already setting her up to have a, to want a husband and want a family. So that's why I think when we're teenagers, like that's what we're thinking about. And that's all we're talking about. And I hope it's different. I hope it's different today. I know how it was when I was a teenager and most of what we talked about was boys. And I know a couple of teenagers that, you know, today, that, that, that that's all they would talk about. But I think there is a movement going on uh, just in the general zeitgeist of people that, you know, we're not going to always think about boys. So I'm just here to add to that. That boys should not be your focus at 14. Boys should not be your focus at 15. 16, maybe. But like I said, it's not something that you need to force. It's not something that you need to feel like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend, so I'm not valuable. Or, oh, I don't have a boyfriend, so I'm just less experienced than everybody else. Because, you know, take it from me. I did all of that. I did all the experience chasing. And at the end of the day, it just got me in a position where I am now like men finally focusing on the things that I just wish I would have focused on in the first place because I don't even I don't even know those dudes. I didn't even talk to any of them. So like nothing happened. <laughs> and um yeah, I want to leave you with a couple of verses cuz you know I like to put some scripture up in here. You know I like to give you something to chew on, something to go and study on your own. So the first scripture I'm going to give you is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. And it says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I think this literally goes on for a while, talking about all the different times that there are. But basically, 
And that's why I say don't rush it because there's a time for everything. There's a time and there's a season for everything in your life. And I just feel somebody, I feel somebody pulling on me that's really just anxious about, you know, being behind or just not like wanting it to happen right now. And what I would say to that person is, First off, ask yourself why you feel anxious, why you feel like you just have to have it right now, because I think you might find that that's not the idea that you came up with. I think you might find that it might be based on somebody you saw on Instagram. It might be based on what your friend has. And, or it might be based on something completely different. But either way, nobody's rushing you. Nobody's putting a deadline on when you have to have your first kiss or have your first boyfriend. There's no timeline. There's really not. And the sooner that you can really get that down in your soul, the better off you'll be because you're stressing and everybody else is just cooling, chilling, maxing, relaxing. Or maybe you have friends around you that stress as well. But I would just say, just take a breath. Just take a breath and look around you. Because there's so much beauty. There's so much value in where you are right now. And there's going to come a time where you're not there anymore. And you're going to wish that you did the things that you actually wanted to do instead of feeling so bound to somebody else's idea and somebody else's timeline. My hope for you is that you don't have to wait until you're 25 to realize that everything that you needed was exactly in front of you. Exactly in front of you. Yeah. And the other the other um the other scripture is actually further down in that verse. So it's Ecclesiastes 3:15 and it says what is happening now has happened before and what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. That's powerful. So nothing is new. The same things are happening over and over again. And it just means that you're not going to miss out. If it's not what God has ordained for you, 
then baby, you don't have to worry about it. Because he already put the time for when that would happen for you. And when you try to rush the timeline or you go behind the timeline, it's not going to end well. And I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. I have rushed the timeline and I have slowed down the timeline by being disobedient. And both of those things were not good for me. It led to a lot of pain and a lot of just confusion that I didn't even have to go through. And now by God's grace, he's brought me back around again to be able to sit here in front of you to do this podcast that he gave me like two years ago and just to speak to you. And I think that's actually the last verse. So I don't really have anything else to say. So I'm just going to pray. God, thank you. Thank you that there is a time and a season for everything. Thank you that you wrote out our destinies before you formed us. Thank you that you knew us before you formed us. Thank you that we don't have to rush into anything. Thank you that we don't have to feel undervalued just because some boy doesn't like us, some guy doesn't like us, some girl doesn't like us. Because this is this is for guys and for girls. But thank you that no matter what, we don't have to find our value in other people because you valued us first. And God, I just pray for a realization. I just pray for a revelation over the person watching this, over the person hearing this, that you would just give them the revelation that you love them and that it would fill them up to overflow to the point where whatever they're stressing about, whoever they're stressing about, wouldn't even be an issue. God, give us foundation. Give us roots that we would be solid in you. And from there, we flourish. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's it. That was actually shorter than I thought it was, but I guess that's all I got to say about my uh, face to love at 14. So, peace. <laughs>